If you're a creator, whether you're just starting out or you've been doing this for a while, you might be making some of these mistakes when you're reaching out to brands. If you've been following me for a while, you know that the anti-pitch method is typically how I reach out to brands versus traditional cold pitching. And even there, there's an opportunity to make mistakes. The million dollar question is how do you connect with a brand in a way that ends up in a paid deal or at the very least, a solid relationship with a brand that shows your true intentions. After all my years of being a creator and helping others do the same, I feel like I've seen it all. I've seen what works and what doesn't when it comes to connecting with brands and building strong relationships. I'm Kristen Buscan. I've been a full-time creator for over three years, and I've brought in over $400,000 in sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. I'm giving you the scoop on five brand outreach mistakes that you're probably making right now. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 127 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. You know that last week, Ziva just went to her brand new home. Everything is seemingly going so great. And this past Friday, we introduced a new foster to our little squad here at our house. Um, She is currently in the room with me right now and she has a squeaky toy. So I'm just warning you now, you may hear it in the background. (laughs) I can't take it away from her. She looks so happy. So her name is Pop-Tart and we have a, like a short story behind her name. So here in Charlotte, we have this bakery called the Batch House and it's my favorite, favorite, favorite treat, dessert, cookie, whatever, literally that I've ever had in my life. And I think everyone in Charlotte also feels the same way because everyone loves the Batch House. So essentially, we were trying to think of new names for this litter of puppies that we got in at the rescue. And I was like, ooh, we should collaborate with the Batch Maker because everyone loves the Batch Maker. We can do a collab post with them. We'll name all of the dogs different kind of like dessert-focused names. And so Pop-Tart is named Pop-Tart in celebration of the Batch Maker. And the Pop-Tarts that she makes are actually like one of her best treats. So the dogs are churro, butter, fluff, graham, pop-tart, and blondie. Isn't that so stinking cute? Okay. So I will be actually sharing a post uh, where you can see a little bit more about the story. You can meet the batch maker. You can meet Billy's buddies a little bit more, the rescue. And of course you can meet pop-tart because she's honestly like the cutest foster I think we've ever had. And they're all really cute, but I love her. I love her. We might have to actually have another keep pop tart campaign just the same way that we had hashtag keep river if you guys remember that um i don't think andrew will appreciate it but he may just get on board with keeping her we'll have to see in other news threads is testing a new feature that will let you save posts so just like you can on instagram you'll be able to bookmark posts that you can go back to um just like on instagram so if you are using threads and you find some really good posts that maybe inspire you or that is something that that maybe you want to run back to later, you can actually save them. And I feel like Threads has a lot of really, really, really saveable content. So I'm really surprised that this hasn't already been implemented. So yay. Now, TikTok is testing a new live engagement element for creators to implement for paying subscribers. And I'm not going to lie, when I first saw this, it was a little confusing to me. So I'm actually going to read you a little paragraph from socialmediatoday.com. 
TikTok.com that explains this a little bit better. So, quote, TikTok is testing a new live engagement element called Subspace, which is a subscriber-only chat-like addition that will ideally help incentivize more signups by giving paying subscribers dedicated focus in live chats. So from what I understand of this, it is a live chat aspect um, that you can turn on and only for paying subscribers of your TikTok channel, they will essentially be able to chat with you in like a group chat setting, but it's not available for everything. It's only a subscription tool. So you'll essentially be setting up like a private chat room for paying members only. If you want to see a little bit more about what this looks like, you can head to the show notes. There's a link there for you to check out. It seems pretty cool. Honestly, I would just feel like going live on video would be a lot easier than typing back and forth to everyone personally. But if you're someone who doesn't really like lives and and you're cool typing, cool. We love this option. We'll see how it goes. Instagram adds video cutout options to create animated stickers. So you will be able to create GIFs from videos that are shared by public accounts as long as the creator has this feature enabled. And then you can basically take those and share them on stories. Used to be something you could only do with still images. So now you'll be able to essentially isolate a part of the video and then actually make it into your own little gif. (laughs) Again, whoa, this is like a lot. I feel like to kind of process how it works and like where I would use it and stuff. I don't know that I would, but if this sounds interesting to you, then there you go. Could be cool. I know that so many of you listening right now are obviously trying to monetize through brand partnerships, but whether you're using the anti-pitch method or cold pitching, there are so many mistakes that you can make that don't even feel like mistakes, but could really be hurting your shot at getting paid partners partnerships with the brands that you're reaching out to. So let's talk about five different brand outreach mistakes that creators are making literally right now. How many pitches are you sending to brands that never get a response? Or maybe you're just too busy to be sending boring cold pitches in general. Or maybe you get responses, but they never turn into paid collabs. In this episode, I'll be chatting a lot about the anti-pitch method, a way of connecting with your dream brands and actually landing more consistent paid partnerships. You can grab the free anti-pitch method guide via the show notes right now so that you can have a little bit more of a deep dive into everything that the anti-pitch method method is all about. I'm not going to lie. When I first got started as a creator, actually monetizing, I was sending the worst pitch emails to every single brand, literally copied and pasted, changed one sentence. And I was just sending it to hundreds and hundreds of brands. The way that I reach out to brands now is just so, so, so different. It's crazy. But the amount of mistakes that you can make in this process, there are just so, so, so many of them. The first being you are being impatient. Okay. This is a hard truth. I know that even like with the anti-pitch method, sometimes I feel a little impatient. But the thing is, when you are building a relationship with a brand, you're just doing exactly that. You're building a relationship. So you sometimes, if you're sending cold pitches, especially might be being like a little bit too aggressive, like, come on, snappy, make it snappy here in your sales tactics where you're maybe immediately selling yourself or you're not giving yourself any time to 
actually get to know the brand or their needs, their marketing goals, etc. Sales, you'll learn in general in any sales role is a game of patience, you know? Like when you're trying to sell something to someone, which as a creator you're selling your services to brands, when you're trying to sell something, the person might not need it immediately. So a lot of the time sales is a long game. Even when I think about myself with social suite or with any of our courses or or my coaching calls or anything like that, I get on so many connection calls with creators who they're like, I want this, but just I can't right now, or it's not right for me right now, or maybe in a few months, this will be great for me. And you have to learn patience in any role, I feel like, where you're selling anything. In the specific case of reaching out to brands, I think a lot of creators make the mistakes of not spending enough time actually what I call warming up the brand. And you will definitely, when you download the free anti-pitch method guide, or if you're learning about anti-pitch method in general, maybe you're in social suite or you're following me on Instagram or TikTok, you know that this stage of warming up the brand is something that you sometimes have to spend like a couple weeks on. This is really where you are showing the brand that you exist and that you care about what they have to say and that you're loyal, you're a follower, like you're here just warming them up before you actually go in and introduce yourself. The the example that I like to give of kind of taking time and being patient when you are building relationships with brands is when you go on a date with someone. Picture this. So you download Tinder and you both swipe right. You're like, this person seems cool. We're going to go on a date, whatever. So you go on a date with someone. And the first thing that they say is, hey, you know, I'm really awesome. Uh, Like I do this for a job and like I have this great house and everything's great. Um, Do you want to get married? Obviously, this is insane, but it's so crazy how when we're pitching to brands, this is literally what we are doing. We're not taking any time to get to know that brand. We're not going on multiple dates. We're not, you know, meeting them for a quick coffee chat and then going on a regular date and whatever. Like before you get married, before you make a commitment, aka someone buying something from you, you need to go on these dates, aka warming up the brand. So you have to spend the time really getting to know them, getting to know the brand front and back, getting to know their goals, and just being patient throughout that process before you can go in to actually make a sale. I can promise you, you're going to have so much more success when you do it this way because it feels so much more authentic. And I know authentic is like, oh, wow, like this is a buzzword that everyone wants to throw around because we all want to be genuine and authentic. But don't you think that makes a lot of sense? Like these brands are getting hundreds of emails every day from people saying, oh my God, I love your brand. It's so great. Like hire me for thousands of dollars. And they don't take any time to actually get to know the brand's needs or get to know them or even just say, hey, I I love what you're doing, period. Like you don't always have to be selling to be actually selling in the background. Like you are, as someone who is being patient and taking these steps to get to know people, get to know the brand, you're like chipping away slowly. 
to a point where, okay, cool, now this brand is going to buy from me. But that does not happen quickly a majority of the time, no matter which method that you're using. So if you're going to download anti-pitch method guide and you're going to learn it and you're going to say, oh my God, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to get so many brand deals super quickly. That's not going to always be the case. It's a long game because you are building relationships. The second mistake that I see a lot of creators making in their brand outreach emails or in their general brand outreach uh, connections with brands is you're using too many I statements, like the letter I. Essentially think about it this way. You as a content creator, as an influencer are a service provider. You are not there to essentially make money for yourself. Your main goal as a service provider who is creating content for a brand is to be helping them reach their goals, which in many cases is like, duh, we want to make money. So as a service provider, it's not about you. It is about how can you help the brand. You need to come into your initial outreach in email or in LinkedIn or wherever with a how can I help you attitude. So when I see creators sending out pitches that say, hey, I love your brand so much. Um, I actually just bought like this shirt from there and everyone's asking me where I got it. And I wanted to see if I could get a discount code for them uh, so that I can earn a commission on everything that I'm sharing. Um, I'll create some really great images for you. What's up? Like you want to pay me. That is a great example of something that is very focused on that creator's needs. Oh, my audience is asking me for this. I want to make commission. We don't care if we're the brand. Not not to be rude, but truly the brand, the campaign managers, the marketing managers, the social media managers at these brands, they have direct instructions from the people that work above them to hit certain goals. So they don't really care if you want commissions so that you can make a couple bucks. They care that you can help them reach their goals. Same as if you were to hire any other service provider. Like if you were hiring a makeup artist, obviously the goal is because you need your makeup done, right? It's not because this makeup artist needs like more portfolio work, right? Like the goal is you are here to help the brand reach their goals. So when you send them an email that says, I want this and I'm going to do this and yeah, this is great for me, that's not something they're going to care about. That's not appealing for them. So you need to make it appealing to them in a way that shows you're there to help. You're there to be a service provider. So when you are writing these initial outreach emails or LinkedIn messages or whatever it might be, when you type it out, look at the statements that start with I or the sentences that say me and try and dissect. Are they there to actually help the brand? Is it clear? Or is it more of a, I'm really great. I do this. I do that. Because we don't care. We just need to see how you're going to help us as a brand. The third thing that I see a lot of creators doing in their brand outreach that I think is a big mistake is not doing your research. Oh my gosh, think about how many of these creators brands are getting pitches from every day. Again, depending on the size, they could literally be getting hundreds of them, especially like DMs, emails, LinkedIn messages are coming in everywhere. Can you imagine how overwhelming and honestly kind of annoying that could be when you're hearing the same message literally day in and day out from just every creator? Can you imagine how it would start to all blend together? 
right? How do you stand out? One way that you can do that is by doing your research and showing the brand, I'm not making a copy and paste message here. You are truly showing them that you are invested in helping them be successful. Maybe in your messages, there's too much, here's why I love your brand and not enough, I'm paying attention to your brand. That's so important for you to show because it truly sets you apart considering so many creators are not showing any any sliver of evidence evidence that they're doing any sort of research on this brand. So let's talk how can you actually do this research? You need to show the brand that you're paying attention to what they do, what they are doing, what they're working on, what they have done in the past. One way that I like to do this is by looking at the brand's campaigns from maybe this time last year. So maybe you're going to go back to like February, March, April of last year on the brand's Instagram or the brand's TikTok and see what they were working on. Like what are the campaigns that influencers were tagging them on? What are the campaigns that they were posting on their socials? And use that as an idea of what they maybe are going to work on again this year. You know, going into your outreach emails or messages or whatever showing, hey, I know last year you did this campaign on X, Y, and Z. If you're doing it again, I actually have a few friends fresh ideas on how we can do it again, uh, you know, in a fresh new way this year, whatever. Show them. I literally took the time to scroll back on your Instagram and do this research, you know, going back a full year in content to see how I can better help you, better assist you. That's like, that says a lot. That's really special. The other way you can do this as well, look on uh, this website called PR Newswire. So it's for press releases. So for example, um, I always have my freaking Stanley cup or my lineage lip mask here to give you guys as examples. So one day I'm going to think of a new example, but for today it's the Stanley cup. So if I wanted to work with Stanley because I'm a basic white girl, um, if I wanted to reach out to them, I might go on PR newswire and I might look and see what press releases has Stanley released, uh, recently. So they might be showing something about how, Oh, we're using this new metal in our cups or oh, we're coming out with pastels for the spring or whatever it might be. That was maybe a bad example, but (laughs) you get the idea. It's like they're sending out press releases to the media that says, hey, this is like our main initiative right now. This is the new thing. This is what we're working on. This is what's good with this brand. So when you go on PR Newswire, you can read all of those for free for anyone in the public. And so you can use that information to say, hey, you know, I know that you're going to be releasing your your pastel colors for the spring. Um, These are some ways that we could create some really great content based around that. Again, showing you're doing your research, but also showing I am here to help you with what you're working on. You know, it's not about me and what I want to post about. It's about this is your campaign. This is your initiative. Cool. Here's how I can contribute. And the other way you can do this research is literally by getting on an intro call with the brand. This is something that we talk about a lot in the anti-pitch method. I think getting on a 15-minute quick little, hey, this is who I am. Hey, tell me about you call with the brand is an absolute game changer because how many conversations have you had with people over email that you have no idea what they look like, sound like, you don't know anything about them, you don't know where they live, like you literally they're just like an, a ghost that you're talking to on the other side of email somewhere. You have literally no like solid foundation relationship with them, but if you are able to get on a video call, a Zoom call, even for 15 minutes, guys. I know it's scary, but you do it a few times, it really is not bad. I 
I promise it's actually really fun once you start to get comfortable. But you just talk. You just talk. Hey, this is who I am. Tell me about what the brand's working on. Like, oh, I saw that you guys just released this. This is so awesome. Tell me more about it. You can learn so much from having conversations with people who are in the brand, who are working there at the brand. Even if you go on LinkedIn and you can't find like the perfect person who's in, you know, the marketing or the influencer management, whatever um, section of the brand, you can definitely reach out to someone in the design aspect of the brand, or maybe they work in advertising, or maybe they work in um, any other area, SEO, whatever. You could reach out to any of those people, reach out to the CEO, I don't care, and have a conversation and get to know them, get to know the brand. Like This is your ch- your chance to literally be inside the, br- the brand, inside the minds of the people who are behind the scenes that you essentially want to work for, right? In a recent live group call that we had in Social Suite, one of our creators had said that she sent a LinkedIn message basically to a brand that had just released this whatever new initiative for their company. So in her outreach, she showed that basically she was paying attention. She got on it so quickly. Like they put out the LinkedIn post and then super quickly, she was able to just send a message to the person who posted it. And she asked the brand how they were working with influencers to market it. I loved that question so much. How are you working with influencers to market these new pastel colors or whatever it is? So she ended up actually landing a contract for three reels that were focused solely on this new initiative that the person had posted about on LinkedIn. So you being quick to the point shows like, oh my gosh, this girl follows us. Like we just posted this. She's paying attention. Like that is so rare. I don't think you realize how rare that is for all the creators that are reaching out to these brands because everyone else is just sending a copy and paste cold pitch email. The fourth thing I think you may be doing that might be a mistake here. And this one I think is potentially a gray area, maybe a moral gray area, (laughs) is maybe you're giving away too much information up front. You may be shooting yourself in the foot is basically what I'm trying to say. So say you reach out to a brand and you send over a media kit that has your rates in it. This I think is like one of the biggest mistakes. You're giving way too much information up front. So a brand looks at that and they see that you charge $1,000 for a reel and they are like right now do not have $1,000 to spend. They're not answering your email. Let's be honest. They're just not. They don't have the time. They're not answering it. So this actually is why I really don't love media kits. <laughs> um, aside from the fact that a lot of the times they're going to kick you right into the spam folder and people might not, not even see them in that initial email. I think media kits can be a great way to showcase great information that brands need to know, but also some people put so much stuff in their media kits that you end up shooting yourself in the foot. So personally, I don't send a media kit unless a brand specifically asks me for them. And I have a rate card, but 95% of the time I will not send it I will say to the brand, instead of just sending you, you know, flat rates, let's talk about what your needs are so that I can put together multiple packages for you. And then even if you can get some information about their budget, even better. So for example, recently I was on a call with a brand and we were talking about how we could work together. And she said, you know, I looked at your profile and everything, like you're a great fit for this, yada, yada. And then she said, our budget is $4,000. And I said, okay, great. You know, like, tell me a little bit more about what you're looking for. They didn't need any paid usage. They were 
are mostly trying to focus on uh, reels versus like newsletters or any other, you know, form of advertising. They're mostly working on reels with no paid ad spend. So I literally got off the call and I put together a proposal that you can actually see in Social Suite. I posted it in there for um, an example. But I sent this three package proposal that was like one, one was like maybe 3,500, one was like 3,750, and then the other was 4,000. And I packed multiple different things into these three packages, sent it over to the brand, and I was able to customize packages for them based on their budget. Obviously, not every time a brand is going to give you their budget. If that's the case, I just make three super different packages, but also go into that knowing I may have to like move these packages around and negotiate them still. So a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll send the proposal and say, Hey, this is just kind of what I'm, you know, bouncing around in my head. If you have more information on your budget, or if you, you know, want to make any changes to these packages, let me know. And I can like make any changes that we need to. Um, so if they look at the proposal and say, actually, we really want to focus like on newsletters, I might go in and say, no problem. I'll add different newsletter options to all of these packages. And then again, go for it with sending it over. So personally, I don't think that having a rate card in every situation is going to be the best. Obviously, sometimes a brand, it just is like, nah, send me a rate card. And you're like, okay, fine. You send it over. But a lot of the times I think you might scare away brands if you're sending that upfront, especially if you have high rates, just being honest. Okay. Don't get mad at me for the fifth one, but being boring is literally one of the biggest mistakes that you're making in your outreach emails. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But truly, guys, some of these emails are really, really boring. I remember being on the other side of getting pitches from influencers and just being like, oh, they all say the same thing. Two things here that we can spice these up with. Okay. If you are going to send a cold pitch email, again, personally, I'm an anti-pitch girl. Go download the free guide and you'll see how great it is. However, I understand there are situations where you can't find the right person to anti pitch too. And so yes, sometimes you have to send a cold pitch. Do not make it boring, please. Two things that we can do. First, you are probably afraid to send your ideas to the brand because you don't want them to take them and then, you know, go do them themselves. But honestly, I think not having any customization with like a, here's some ideas that I have is going to very likely not get a brand very excited to work with you. For example, a couple years back, I was working with uh, hippies. They're basically like a little crunchy Cheeto looking snack. Um, and when I was working with them, I pitched them just in general a bunch of times. No one was responding to me. Then I sent this pitch email where I said, I want to hide bags of hippies literally all over my house because my husband will go in the snack cabinet and eat all of them. So now I have to literally hide them around my house. And so the video was me doing exactly that, being super sneaky all around, like hiding them in these crazy places. And my husband going in the snack drawer being like, what the heck, where are all the hippies? And so I sent them this idea and immediately they got back to me, asked me how much I charged, boom, partnership. So sometimes your idea is going to be what really sells you. And I know there are definitely some brands out there that are total scumbags and are going to take the idea. But 
that is just unfortunately sometimes part of the process. Like you as a creator are an idea machine. Like you are the creative, right? So you can create new ideas. If a brand takes one of them, it will suck. You can call them out publicly. I won't tell you not to, but just know it's it's a chance that you're taking, but it could be a chance that ends up landing you a partnership. I personally would rather take that chance and get a partnership than not take it and potentially never get a response from a brand. The second thing we can do here to avoid being boring is finding email subject lines that don't suck. Okay. You're you know, Kristen Busquet X Stanley Cups email subject line is not like no one cares. No one knows who I am. No one knows who Kristen Busquet is. Okay. Maybe, you know, you think influencer campaign inquiry is better. No, because that's what everyone else says. <laughs> In Social Suite, we actually have a free guide uh, with all like these cool ideas for subject lines. Just think about it. They are not even going to read your pitch email if they do not get past the subject line. If your subject line sucks, it's getting deleted before it even is read. So it doesn't even matter what it says inside. What can you say in that very small chunk of space that's going to make someone go, what? Huh? Okay. I have to read this, right? Um, that I think is is a very lost art, if you will. I think writing a good email subject line is something that no one ever takes time on. They're like, my pitch needs to be perfect. My pitch needs to be perfect. But no one cares about your pitch if they don't even read it because your email subject line sucks. So when you're writing that boring subject line, look at it and ask yourself, would someone look at this and be intrigued to open it up enough? If the answer is no, you need to change it. And if you need help, there's a guide in Social Suite. Moral of the story, it is easy to make mistakes. I mean, these are just five of them that I named. I could probably make a list of 30 of them. At the end of the day, there's truly no perfect way to reach out to brands. There's truly no 100% success way. But if you can make little improvements here and there on the way that you're building these connections with brands, I can guarantee you're only going to start to see more success. So take all five of these into consideration. Go do all your brand outreach. Let me know how it goes. And then I will see you guys next week. Bye.